missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, di tacco, tiro, everybody welcome back to footy fans podcast episode 17 andrew santo joe as always you're uh the best trio around hey everyone um, what's up everybody another uh this isn't really a covid uh podcast recording because we're doing it on video again i'm remodeling my basement so <laughs> for the podcast it's usually recorded it's kind of like uh a war zone down here so we'll be back to you know the other recording um, soon, I guess. Yeah, depending uh, on Omicron. Depending on yeah, it's depending on how it's gonna work, man. Like it's this thing's a super spreader. It, yeah. it is good that's not like as lethal yep. as I guess it's been has been before. Mm-hmm. But the fact that people get it so easily, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and you know, I think even if me and Joe go to your house, we'd be breaking all the rules because there would be six of us in the house, and the rule is five. Do babies count? I, that's I what know. I've always asked. That's what I asked on Christmas when we were debating whether we should get together because we'd be <laughs> just yeah. slightly over and we have our uh, baby in the family. So yeah, I don't and think they count. <laughs> they're sleeping anyways too. They're not even like present in like the room. Like the, yeah, you know, yeah, five people in one square foot area of the house. I don't know. I mean, uh, we can go all day about this if we really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, people, this is not a COVID wanna, podcast, and then yeah. we talk about COVID. There's tons of outlets out there if you want to go on COVID route, but this is a strictly Premier League, strictly football podcast. We try and keep it light, try and keep it breezy. Yeah. Um, I guess while being, we're on the topic of COVID, since we don't oh, yeah. have too many Premier League games, how do you feel about how they're handling COVID with the Premier League? Because I know, like, oh, if you have. Uh, you know, X amount of players positive, but you can still field whatever you still have to play. And I've heard like the debate. It's like, we don't want the title decided on, you know, COVID cases, which I kind of agree with, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough because like, obviously England is a very congested country and there's, there's, you know, got pockets of teams everywhere, you know, in the Midlands, they got like, four teams and in London, they have five, six teams at a time. So it's strange to me where they can they can call off a game, let's say Arsenal versus I don't know Burnley mm-hmm. or something, but then like at Arsenal, like at, in, in London, but then Tottenham and Leicester will play at Tottenham Stadium, like five kilometers away from where Emirates is, yeah, and like that's okay, mm-hmm, but yeah. but then it's like. But then Arsenal and Tottenham are playing each other in like five days. But Arsenal's not playing. It just doesn't make much sense to me how they can decipher which teams are going to play, which teams aren't going to play. When yeah. you put one team so shorthanded and it's like they have to field reserve players. 
Yeah. And it's yeah. like, clearly, that's not their full strength squad. And it's no fault of their own. Ah, maybe it is. If they're, like, interacting well, with the wrong crowd. But still, some like, things are out of your control, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I don't know how. It's, it's tough because I, I don't understand how some coaches have even come forward. I know Tuchel came forward a couple weeks ago and was like, we have nobody. Mm-hmm. Well, like, we have, like, six guys missing. And four yeah. of them are starters. And they're like he can he went to protest. He came to the FA and was like, "Can we please play postpone our game?" I forget who they're playing. Uh, it was a couple of weeks back, but they're playing somebody. Like, can, we, can we please post? Much in the Brighton game or something? Yeah. And they're like, "No, like you're playing." Yeah, I think. But then, like only, that same week, two other games got postponed. I think you can only get post. I forget the actual rules, and they're kind of shady. But if you have six first team players or more, I think that's when the game gets postponed. Or it's something weird like that. A certain there's a certain number of how many players you need to test positive before your game gets postponed. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true, but it's something weird like that. But either way, it's I can see his frustration about why it's not fair. Because um, now it's almost like the title is going to be decided based on how healthy your team is, even if they feel yeah. fine to play. Um, so and it's, very, it's not touchy oh, situation i'm just gonna add it's not like it's injuries that took place during a match yeah where like that's why that's why they're down players it's just of a worldwide pandemic yeah you know it's not like you know hudson odoi got injured in training and now he can't play like he got covid like he's one of mm-hmm. a billion people now that got covid all throughout the year or all throughout the world so yeah i don't know i mean like it's we've been lucky that the people who are getting it in the sports world are world-class athletes, so they can recover pretty quickly, it seems, um, with not much, um, I don't know. Like, like going for, symptoms of, like, yeah, long-term. Yeah. Symptoms, like, yeah, like, long-term, like, health issues. Like, they kind of get back quickly without having any um, effect on their play, mm-hmm. yeah. which is obviously good. But, yeah, it's, it's tough because in – in the, in the world of football, like one or two games could really make your make or break your season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you get a stretch of, you know, a week or two weeks where you're playing four games condensed in 14 days or something, and three out of those four days, you're just decimated by COVID cases and they don't get postponed. Like you could lose those f- three games and, you know, or draw, you know, a couple of them, a couple of games that you should actually end up winning. And then you have a team yeah. like Man City who just keeps rolling. And it's like, well, you drop points because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. I think the thing that they should have done was maybe shut it down over the Christmas break, like league-wide. Because yeah. now you have all these makeup games too that they have to like sprinkle in throughout the season, which makes yeah. it even harder for teams to recover because now you have to play three games in one week to yeah. make up for your lost, your lost COVID games. Yeah, I'm just looking at the postpone to be I don't even know what C stands for. But to be confirmed games. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah and that's why this close out of the season is gonna be just wild in terms of what the schedule is gonna look like because we're used to it, especially after the Christmas break. Um, and then one other competitions, then it gets pretty consistent. Just, you know, every weekend, Saturday or Sunday, you're playing. But with all these T B C games, it's gonna be just kind of maybe a little bit of a lighter uh, Christmas schedule for teams just going for who knows how long. Hopefully more games don't get postponed because that'll make it pretty tough. Even though, you know, I do think that the title's kind of done, but 
if you're in like relegation battle like Newcastle or you're fighting for Europe, you want uh, as many things to go your way as possible and just cramming in a bunch of games and then potential COVID, uh, potential people sitting out because of COVID, I think is going to make it pretty tough for some teams. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, you still obviously have international break matches and you have, um, yeah, like you said, like other competitions involved to mix in there as well as the makeup game. So it's it's either they're going to mm-hmm. extend the season, they're going to have to extend it a few weeks to try and make all these games fit in, or they're going to have to, like I said, kind of mix games in between, uh, in between weeks and in between other matches, which is probably the harder of the mm-hmm. of the two options. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. It's going to be tough. No, I remember reading an article years ago, like this is a while ago, where it just talked about like the difficulty of being the uh, Premier League match scheduler. Oh um, yeah. You know, I do think it's a team, but I, obviously I think there's one person that oversees it. And uh, it just kind of gave a little bit of breakdown of how tough it is because you're mixing in EPL. You have all the different uh, domestic uh, competitions that go on. Then Champions League for the top teams. All the international breaks. It's it's a tough scheduling job. I think I think some North American sports, like I think hockey and like baseball, they just have a robot do it. Well, or if you com- don't have a computer, a computer, not really, yeah. but, like, but if but you I don't think- have like a lot of other competitions that uh, yeah. you need to play in or yeah. maybe a lot less than, uh, f- uh, football, yeah. you know, you can have a computer do it, but <laughs> I yeah, mean, you like, when mix- you have like, the, you need them to know the FA cup, the EFL, all like the, cause like a bunch of, uh, players now are gone to African cup of nations, which is kind of weird right. that it's not like the EPL is still going. So like there's a bunch of players missing, but when you have that, you have champions league, <laughs> very, very tough. Yeah, no, for sure. And then plus with the scheduling the grounds and making sure mm-hmm. they have a full availability. I mean, I know nowadays because of COVID concerts and other entertainment is kind of limited, but they would rent out like old Trafford for a concert or something. Yeah, it's like now they have to kind of like, okay, figure out is there is there a concert today? Is it EFL Cup? Is there a Champions League match? Is it Premier League reschedule? Like, yeah. what a hectic imagine, like, job to Chelsea, have. Chelsea, Chelsea, or Manchester Derby gets scheduled. It's like, oh no, Celine Dion or whoever's playing. <laughs> what do we do? No, I can't do it. No, I gotta. He hits him with the Celine Dion. Just because he watched Cobra Kai recently and uh, yeah. she made a oh, okay. she made an appearance. No, in the that show. was um, Carrie Underwood. I think that's her. Oh, no. Cobra Kai? If anyone watches Cobra Kai, (laughs) let us know who it was. I'm pretty sure it was Carrie Underwood. That's funny. Uh, Yeah. Andrew, have you watched Cobra Kai? I have not watched Cobra Kai yet. You guys tried to get me on it last time. I haven't watched it yet. At all? No, I haven't had time. No time. I make time for this for you guys. Thanks, man. <laughs> I don't watch Cobra Kai. Yeah, no, if I get a free minute, I will. In love... the comments, it's to drop a comment, uh, whoever, if Andrew should watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a poll together or something. Yeah. Should I watch it, yes or no? I mean, I love the original, like, Karate Kids with Ralph Macchio and Mr. Yeah, Miyagi. it's the same, same I know. people. I know. <laughs> just older now. I know. It's unreal. Um, this is the point of the podcast where we ask you to like and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Uh, it really helps us out. Uh, if you're new to the channel, subscribe, please. And I, like I said, um, liking it does a lot for for boosting up the uh, the video and all that. Um, okay, so obviously we're going to discuss some FA Cup results and um, early transfer uh, window 
deals that have taken place. But on the Canadian side, on the home front here, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Kind Lorenzo Insigne. Lorenzo Insigne <laughs> signing with uh, Toronto FC yeah. on a four-year deal. Uh, kicking off on July 1st when the end of his contract with Napoli. He did not resign with Napoli. I mean, I don't know if that's like a, a mistake by them. We'll, we'll obviously see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But um, this is some news that has kind of dropped the last couple of weeks. Uh, like rumors coming out here and there and nothing really totally finalized yet. And then when I saw the tweet from Fabrizio Romano, uh, who's always like the number one guy basically with, with uh, when it comes to transfers, that he was officially signing, and I saw the pictures of him, like, you know, crossing the T's, yeah. dotting the eyes. I was like, "Holy shit, this is actually happening!" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's our initial reaction to Insigne becoming the new TFC frontman? I'm I'm honestly surprised. Like, um, when I first heard any like inkling of it, I was like, ah, you know, just another kind of rumor. Like, you see all the pictures on Instagram with. Uh, uh, Halland with the Man City shirt on, where yeah. like see it nonstop, right? But um, I'm honestly surprised that he went. Um, you know, he is 30, uh, kind of heading towards the the later part of his career. But you know, given with how he played in Euro, I'd still say he has what it takes to compete at the highest level. Um, you know, not completely a knock to the MLS saying it's not a really high level, but you know all the top players want to play in champions league. They want to play, uh, in Europe. And, uh, that's where you're going to win the most coveted tr- trophies as a player. I'm honestly surprised he didn't stay in Europe for at least a few more seasons until, you know, maybe he was 32, 33, but you know, TFC said he's in the prime of his career. So they kind of felt like they got a good deal for him. I'm not sure if it's, Totally in the prime of his career, but obviously with him still playing well, uh, I think he's going to contribute a lot. I uh, I just think he's probably going to stay in North America now because I don't know where he's going to go if he stays. You know, for his full contract here, don't really know where he's going to go after. To be honest, yeah, I well, mean, like, like you said, it's not not the MLS, but like a lot of players go there as their final, you know, transfer before retiring. That's what you know. Um, I am a little surprised, like you said, especially after the Euro Cup where they won. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Well, he the was full like, details. sorry, he was like, he was impactful in the Euro. I know, and that's what I mean. I don't know the full details of the transfer. I don't know how much they're paying him. Um, I believe know, it's, I believe it's eleven and a half per season. Yeah, yeah. 11, eleven and a half million per season. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah, I mean, sure. I wouldn't say no. Well, yeah, I'm just curious how much, you know, how much money had a factor. Um, Yeah. You know, there could have been a ton of things, you know, I'd have to read up on the details, but like you said, especially where he's at with his career, where Italy's at with, you know, the world cup coming up. um, I thought he would want to play at a higher level. Like to me, I was shocked. I'm like, is that really happening? Like, why, why is it, what's going on here? Um, But yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, obviously he's going to, go there he's probably going to do really well but it's just a question of you know does that what is that what he wants to do for the like final leg of his career and if it is why and but you know respect his decision to doing that and like you said i know we talked about this earlier but i'm not sure mancini's gonna be the one to say it's like oh you're not gonna play for italy because you're playing for toronto fc i think he's he's level-headed enough to at least give him a chance not like conte with giovinco 
um, especially with Italy where their striker <laughs> striker situation is at. They don't have too many options. Yeah, they're pretty weak. So, um, you know, I mean, if he wants to, you know, whatever, go to Toronto because he wants to experience North America. Cool. Um, if he can still keep up with, you know, performing on the international level, then, you know, good for him. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Like you mentioned before, like players kind of go to the MLS at the end of their career. Like we've seen it before with like with Beckham, obviously that was the biggest one with LA mm-hmm. Galaxy. Um, in more recent times, like Andrea Pirlo, Lampard, Gerard, uh, mm-hmm. Robbie Keane, you know, they kind of all had like their shining moments when they were playing at the top level and they kind of just died off a little bit in the MLS. But even like when Javinko came, that's a big name, clearly. Mm-hmm. And he came in his prime, I would say, like with like when he left Juventus, he was kind of on his way out a little bit because they were bringing in other players. It wasn't like he was getting too old, but they're just bringing kind of better talent. So when he joined, he was still in his like prime, um, like part of his life, I guess you want to say a part of his tenure. And when he came to MLS, he dominated like <laughs> mm-hmm. instant, instant impact. Yeah. And for a player with Insigne's like stature for him to come at this point in time in his career, I think that's huge for MLS. I think it's huge for the game. It's kind of crazy how like the two, arguably the two most impactful players that have come to MLS have both been Italian and both gone to TFC. Yeah. I don't know if that's like the little Italy and Toronto bias coming in. I don't know if that's like what it is. Kind of like an enticing feature to bring them in. Yeah. But um, obviously, whatever they said to him, and he must have spoke to Javinko too. There's no way that they didn't communicate mm-hmm. at some point, somehow, like some way, saying, "Hey, like, is this worth it? What's the life like there in Toronto? Like, how like is this a good choice for me?" And clearly, whatever Javinko would have said to him obviously worked because to be the captain of a team like Napoli with the, the history they have of like you know players like Maradona making it big there, and you know them sitting in third place right now in Syria. For him to leave at the end of the season, like, mm-hmm. like comfortably and say, I'm going to come to Toronto, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that they can swoop a player like that at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. And, like, and, and, and clearly, like, money has to talk at some point. It's not like he's making a step up in his career, clearly. Um, I don't know what he's currently making at Napoli, like, what his weekly or annual salary is, but I don't think it's $11.5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly that had to do something with it and let's not forget like Toronto FC is also owned by MLSE who own the Maple Leafs who own the Raptors who own the Toronto Argonauts like they got yeah. money coming out their ass so it's not like they really had to break the bank for this guy yeah it's a big number to us but then you look at other North American sports like hockey you make 11 million per year for the top players basketball you make 40 million a year so mm-hmm. I think just for like the standpoint that we see it as in like you're making eleven and a half million per year to play soccer is kind of different than what we see from like the weekly salary that we see in the EPL sometimes, where players yeah. are making like oh a hundred and forty grand a week. Well, that only plays out to like I don't know, six million a year or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, like that could be totally wrong. I have no idea. But I think <laughs> just like left there, I have no idea if that's no, fifty two weeks in a year, one hundred forty, like maybe a little more than six million, but around there ish. I don't know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> Ten? I don't know. One hundred fifty a week. One hundred fifty a week times fifty two is seven point eight million. What I say? Six? Six? Yeah. Six? Yeah, whatever. That's close. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying. So that's how we normally see it. So just like to make a splash and say eleven and a half mil, like that's what you're making per year. It's like oh shit. 
Yeah, like that's that's a good chunk of change in the world of of footy and in soccer. So, um, I mean, good on them. I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I'll probably bite the bullet and buy an Insigne uh, TSE yeah. jersey. I'll maybe I'll wear it. Maybe I'll hang it behind me here. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's pretty cool, man. I, like we don't see it very often, like an actual national team name stay. And that's another another point, Jovinko. He wasn't like a number one guy on the national team. Like when was it Conte that was making Conte yeah. at the time? He wasn't like the first guy on the list that like, he was penciling yeah. in. Yeah. Insigne is yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what. So I think that being said, and like the the history that Insigne now has of Mancini and what they've accomplished over this past year. That'll kind of play going forward as well. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not going to like he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to forget about this guy now. Like he's a nobody. They know each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. They have a relationship. Insigne was vital in in Italy's uh, in Italy's winning of the Euro this year. So I think he's comfortable with the national team. Um, yeah. We'll just see what Toronto does next because there's rumor of uh, Bellotti from Torino. Also, maybe <laughs> going there too. Yeah, I saw that too. So, Jovinko, <laughs> I just read Jovinko wants to go and back. Maybe too. Jovinko too. Yeah, they, they can't three, agree on dollar terms, but I don't know. Like front three could be Insigne on the left, Bellotti up top, and then Jovinko on the right. It's three BFS. What is happening? What is happening? Can you imagine? That's incredible. <laughs> if they could, though, can you imagine just the attendance every game? I mean. I mean, I've always wanted to go to a TFC game, but if all three of them, I think we would make it like a more concerted effort pending any we'll, COVID situation. We'll go. Actually we would go. go. Mm-hmm. We would have to go. Yeah, just to go see that happen. Because, yeah, I mean, having Giovinco or Insignia on your team alone is already huge, but having like them on the seat, on the team at the same time, obviously it's not a one plus one equals two situation. It's like one plus one equals four. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. We'll see how TFC performs. Um, hopefully uh, he could have an impact like Giovinco did. Cause that was just, that made a mark on the MLS. I think forever, just what yeah. Giovinco was able to do right first season when he gets to TFC. It was just kind of like nothing could go wrong yeah. for the guy, you know, any free kick he took <laughs> any, any just attacking play. It was just an expectation that something was going to happen every time he got in the ball. So, Rooting for Insigne to have uh, the same fortune when he gets there. Yeah, it was like literally like a highlight reel every single match when Jovinko yeah. was playing. It yeah. was it was hilarious. Yeah. Um. All right, to get into uh, into the English game, clearly this was an FA Cup weekend um, or mm-hmm. week, I should say. So tons of games. I mean, I'm not going to go through. Or we're not going to go through all of them. Because uh, I think there was almost like 40 matches in total. Yep. But just out of the um, the Premier League, uh, I made a list here of all the teams from the Premier League that made it through. The biggest name uh, that did not go through was Arsenal. Yep. Uh, losing their match today, actually, against oh Nottingham Forest. Is that where, isn't that what like Robin Hood's from? <laughs> Nottingham <laughs> Forest. Uh, Is it? Is it? So. Do we have any Robin Hood fans? I mean, I, Notting, okay, Nottingham Forest. Not what the hell is Robin Hood from? But the fox, like the the, the yeah, sexy, the mean. sexy little fox from from the Disney movie. <laughs> um, here, let's uh, look this up here. Uh, I think it's Nottingham Forest. Yeah, let's see here. Sherwood yeah. Forest. Sherwood Forest. Are you sure? 
Oh it's yeah. It's in uh it's a Royal Force in Nottinghamshire. Yeah. So oh, okay. To, so I knew be, there was a tie somewhere. To be fair, they probably there's probably at some point they call it Nottingham Forest. Uh not Ro- is it like Robin of Nottingham or something? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I had Nottingham in my head. Robin Hood uh Dawson for anyways. For Arsenal played Robin Hood Nottingham Forest. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal played Nottingham Forest. Uh the match yeah. was today, uh Sunday, the ninth. And I believe it was like an 80-something minute uh, goal against for Arsenal. Um, I didn't tune in the match. I just saw the, the score line. Clearly FA Cup. And this is also FA Cup third round, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually the first round that Premier League teams are actually in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So I was doing some research on it before. They kind of fight it out between all divisions up until the first, uh, for the first and second rounds. And then the third round is when the Premier League teams automatically just kind of qualify into the mix. And then the draw happens, and then that's how um, the teams get matched up against each other. So Arsenal drawing Nottingham Forest, clearly they said, okay, this is, we're probably the favorite here, obviously. And um, um, I'm going to check the, uh, the lineup right now and see if they actually put out a pretty solid lineup or not. They did. looks like they had, you know, Saka, Odegaard, those yeah. guys. So Martinelli, yeah. Surprising. Yeah. Anything can happen in the FA Cup, you know. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. Like a lot of the teams, obviously, look at FA Cup as kind of like a like a resting week or a resting schedule for most of their starting eleven guys. So clearly, you have to play some players, but this is when, like, yeah, like you said, like the little guy kind of steps up and can just surprise you. And we've mm-hmm. seen it every single year where like a big club gets knocked out in the third or fourth round with you know four rounds still to play. And you get, oh, wow, they lost to this team. Oh, Man City didn't mm-hmm. make it through or Liverpool got knocked out. So Arsenal is the first of the uh, the big teams to go. Uh, as you would think, you know, the rest of the teams like, you know, Man City, Chelsea, Palace, uh, Leicester, Everton, Southampton, Norwich, Liverpool, Tottenham, West Ham, and Wolves all make it through to the next round. And then the final game being played for FA Cup is actually tomorrow between United and Aston Villa, which is actually a pretty uh, good little matchup for mm-hmm. FA Cup standards. Mm-hmm. So the winner of that will get uh, put into the mix of the previous winners that I mentioned, and I'll have to do like another redraw, I believe, um, to see yeah. where all those teams line up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's always it's always fun to see, and that's I think that's why the there's nothing like the English game where you have these uh, domestic uh, competitions where you have, you know, teams from all divisions playing and they, you get to go and play Arsenal when you're, you know, in, in a lower tier. And that's something <laughs> the fans dream of when they're, when they are supporters of those lower tier teams. Um, and it's what makes it so exciting because, you know, you don't hear about it a lot in other leagues where you see these kind of upsets. Um, we've talked about it before where, you know, like the Spanish league where there's such a divide between, you know, the top teams and the bottom teams just in the Liga alone. Um, but here you get all these upsets from these small town clubs, just, you know, taking it to Arsenal in this case. Um, it kind of reminds me uh, in the city game, they're playing um, a Swindon town. I think it was nice. Yeah. Uh, and they were, they were up three nil and then uh, Swindon town scored uh, to make it three one. And they, and it was man city was away. So we we're playing in Swindon town and they were just loving the goal. They sallied so hard uh, <laughs> just for scoring a goal against city. And yeah. that's kind of the things you just love to see, right? Like, you know, things you dream about as a, as a player. Uh, 
even if you kind of accept the fact that you might never make it to the EPL, mm. uh, probably not going to score a lot of goals against Ederson if you're playing in uh, the lower division, right? They play Ederson? He was a starter? Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm, this team, Kidderminster, is playing West Ham. And I'm not entirely sure. I think th- this might be like the lowest division team I've ever seen. <laughs> Kid Minister <laughs> FC. What, uh, what tier oh, are they yeah. in? What's that? What tier are they in? I'm not sure. <laughs> it said D10. No, sixth tier. Sixth? Yes. I didn't know it went down to six. I guess it does. Oh, they're in the National League. That is crazy. I mean, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, you know, their stadium capacity, 6,000. Uh, that's actually about, kind of a lot. I've seen less than that before. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. Could you imagine, like, if just Tecumseh had its, like, if we were in England, we had our yeah. own, you know, Tecumseh FC or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If we were in England, that team would be the lifeblood of <laughs> Tecumseh. And everyone would live and breathe that if you're in England. So it's kind of cool to see these super small teams, you know, go and play. I mean, granted, it's West Ham, but for them, it's probably a massive deal. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, good on them. And I Kidder, like how they... Kidderminster Harriers FC. Uh, that's Joe's, uh, Joe's ringer for the FA there Cup. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> bank on them. Hey, um, <laughs> how's... Uh, not Champions League, but... Uh, oh, what's the Sheriff? I don't know if they made it through. Oh, oh God. no, they I'm didn't. Not sure they did. Yeah, Sheriff, Sheriff Traps and Spore, who the hell they were, did not make it through. Uh, in Champions League, they got bounced. I think it was Real Madrid and Inter went through. On like, I think it was on the last day though of the mm-hmm. competition. It was like it came down to the end. Banking um, on Kidderminster then for FA. There you go. That's, that's Joe's pick. <laughs> um, no, it's really cool how how they do that. I, I think most of the games they. Like when the when the Premier League teams first get put into the mix, I think that first week or that first match day, they go away usually, like away from the Premier League team. Mm-hmm. So you have teams like I said, like yeah, Liverpool, Chelsea, West Ham going away to some place that has like a thousand seat capacity or something, and it's like the biggest yeah. deal for them in the world, and they sell out and they raise mm-hmm. money and ticket sales and all that kind of stuff. So it's really cool to get to see players. Like world class players, like Kevin De Bruyne going to some like dog <laughs> to going to dog shit, <laughs> going to like, Kidderminster. Areas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this actually happened to Chelsea uh, a couple week, uh, a couple years ago, I think it was. Maybe, maybe it was last season. They played against like, oh, who was it? Barnes Barnsley or something. And I watched this match, and like Chelsea almost lost. Like it was crazy. I think it came down to like last fifteen minutes of the game. Chelsea ended up scoring a goal, but this team pressed them so hard. Yeah. It was at it was at Barnsley. And like you could see from the camera angle that the field was like slanted like one way. It wasn't like it wasn't a perfect level pitch. There was pothole looking stuff on the field. It looked like a place that we would play at. Yeah. And these <laughs> Barnsley like guys. Yeah. And these well, McHugh was probably better, to be honest. <laughs> but these Barnsley guys were just killing it because that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Like you have a player like Kovacic trying to receive a pass and it bounces up his leg and goes over his shoulder because he can't control it. Yeah. Like, you know, the guy from Barnsley looks like Ronaldinho, like taking like a, a beautiful touch. And I'm like, well, this guy's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool to watch, you know, these big clubs go away to these smaller, you know, obviously not as superior uh, teams. And, and, you know, they find it tough sometimes. And that's when you get the big surprises. 
Um, yeah. As far as just the Chelsea game goes, actually, they're playing against. Um, oh God, who they play? I watched the game. Um, <laughs> oh, this is coming Chester Chesterfield or something. I feel bad now for Chesterfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chesterfield. And the game was actually at Stamford Bridge, so I was kind of surprised by. Because like mm, I said, okay. mostly they try and put it away. But the game was at the bridge. Chelsea played a lot of young kids, like many teams do. And I mean, by halftime, it was like 4-0 for Chelsea. Uh, final ended up being 5-1. In the 80-something minute, uh, Chesterfield came down and scored like a pretty scrappy goal. Like it was, it was bad. <laughs> bad, defending, bad defending all around, but Chesterfield scored. The place went nuts. Oh like, yeah! Well, it was crazy. I thought so. I thought that they had the Chesterfield fans behind the behind the the net when they scored, but it was just like the it was the Chelsea fans, and then they showed the entire stadium and the whole place at the bridge. Forty thousand people were just going nuts for this team. Like they were really? like fist pumping, they're going crazy. I'm like, this is like a home game for them. Like this is awesome. What I did not see that. I got it. Yeah, it was like, really cool. I wonder how it would feel like that as a. I mean, it player. was like a, it was a pity goal. It was like the 84th minute. It was five one at that point. I'm gonna check this. Out. I mean, all I'm the guys like the guy from Chesterfield that scored was like smiling on the pitch. He was like kind of celebrating, like you know, like yeah, like yeah, me, like whatever. The guys got together and kind of congratulated him. I think that's cool. Like the fans <laughs> were like looking forward to this guy to score. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Well, it's probably like the biggest goal of his career. Right? That's what I mean. Like you're scoring yeah. at Chelsea. Like who would have thought this would ever happen in your life? Yeah, you're playing in front of thirty-five, you know, almost forty thousand people. Yeah, like that's pretty cool. Like I, I didn't, I didn't care from it. I mean, if it was like, if it was like three-two and they scored to tie the game. Like fuck this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, if it was close. Um, but but it, no, that's the that thing. Point. With the FA Cup teams, like like for a lot of the players, it's the biggest game of their life, right? Like they're never mm. going to get a chance to play against Chelsea or Liverpool or City, right? Right. Yeah. Um, it's the only time you're going to have you know millions of people watching your game and watching you play. It's things you dream about. Um, they just go. No, sorry, I'm just watching the replay. They you found just it. Go, yeah, they go n- yeah. watching it on YouTube. They just go nuts behind the goal. <laughs> If anyone wants to see, oh, that's so awesome! We'll put, we'll put the link in the description on on the YouTube video. Chelsea yeah. versus Chesterfield, key moments, third round. Um, what is it? Minute, <laughs> minute one thirty four. They're just like, yeah, he just takes it, open net. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad Chelsea goal. Chelsea fans, like, oh my gosh, are you sure? Are, they, no, are, are you sure that's not the Chesterfield fans behind the? Dude, they're at Chelsea. Like they're at they're at the bridge. Oh man, that is. I was watching it. I I missed the beginning of the game and I saw. I think I picked it up in the 20 something minute and I didn't see like the, the stadium yet. And I was like, wow, this is a pretty nice field for like an away side. Like for Chesterfield, <laughs> this is pretty sick. Yeah. And they panned out. And I'm like, so that looks like the bridge. That's Stanford Bridge. <laughs> like, unless Chesterfield designed their stadium after Stanford Bridge, but it's only like 15,000 people. Yeah. But no, it's, it was at the bridge. But like the fans behind the net, that's not the Chesterfield track. Oh, that's supporters. Chelsea. I mean, it might be, but like the whole, they pan out and the whole stadium is going crazy. That is so awesome. It was pretty cool. Like I said, I don't, I don't care. It was, yeah. that's kind of like the cool part about, about football. Like when you can celebrate like that and like not really see the harm in anything. Cause obviously mm-hmm. you have the diehards who are like, I'm never going to cheer for anybody, but my team, I, I bleed, I bleed Watford yellow, you know, like kind of <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. But to see that, you know, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, and obviously, like, it, these games mean a lot, though, to these clubs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like these lower-end uh, lower end teams and lower divisions. Because if you 
just make it to the third round, you win $76,000. I found the stat here. It's in dollar amounts. Mm -hmm. Um, A first round win and a second round win guarantees you $76,000 for your club, which, I mean, to a team like Chesterfield or, you know, Kittering Town, whatever the hell Joe said, (laughs) that's, that could be huge for them, right? Yeah. And then anything after that, you're in the six figure uh, numbers, six figure digits as far as um, like earnings or winning amount payouts Mm -hmm. until you reach the semifinal, where then you get 1.2 million just for reaching the semifinal. Uh, sorry, you get 1.2 million for winning the semifinal, and you get like $600,000 for just for losing in the semifinal. Which okay. I mean, like again, like these numbers can can make or break an entire side, right? You can mm-hmm. spend money on renovation upgrades or get a better training facility for your team, or you know, buy some player that you've had your eye on for a while that you can't afford. Yeah. So I mean, for the likes of Chelsea, Liverpool, you know, Man United, Man City, whatever. The payout of like two point four million is like kind of nothing. Yeah, in the in the big scale, that's like uh, Grealish's wages for maybe yeah. a month. It's like oh wow, we can play one. We can pay one guy for a month. Like congratulations. Yeah. Um, but that you know that's that's the thing with FA Cup, and obviously it's more, it's kind of lost its luster, I think. Um, in more recent years, like I know I've seen videos and interviews of people in the past saying how. The FA Cup's like the most prestigious thing you can win in England. Like before they really made the Premier League what it is, mm-hmm. I think it was in 1991 or 1992. Is like when the Premier League became the official like English Premier League. Like this is its own thing. Um, the FA Cup was like the shining star that everyone tried to try to get to. Yeah, and I feel like I think we talked about this before in a, in a previous podcast, but I feel like it's a lot of the competitions now have like kind of lost their meaning. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sad because I, I, I researched it before the FA cup is a hundred. It's in its 141st year of existence, yeah. which is like wild. Yeah. It's almost as old as Canada, I think <laughs> or older than Canada, to be honest, yeah. like our country or close to. So like for a competition to be going on for that long and the history, obviously behind it and, the small teams that have come from nothing to actually, you know, get there and win it. It's kind of like lost its place a little bit now where it's all about the money. It's all about, you know, the mm-hmm. advertising and like the sponsorships and it's not as, you know, coveted for a team to win it. Right. Like even like the bigger clubs that do end up winning it every year. I know Arsenal has been there, Chelsea, uh, Leicester, I think Man City, you know, in the last five, six years. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have on your trophy case, but it's not, yeah, like as like prestigious and as like coveted as what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're like any of the top teams, really any, you only care about the EPL and Champions League, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, having all the other ones are just, you know, to win silverware, um, which is nice for the fans to always win silverware. But, you know, you're not there to make sure you win the FA Cup over the EPL and especially over Champions League, right? Like, yeah. you're prioritizing those two. Uh, above everything else and then if you win the other two great but i like no team's gonna try and win fa cup or uh any of the other domestic competitions at mm-hmm. the expense of winning a premier league game unless you are unless, in the mid to late table right yes in the in in the event that uh you don't have a whole lot to play for in the premier league then yeah um 
also maybe in the case of City, if they get to a point where they're like very comfortably um, almost 100% going to win the EPL and they're still in another competition, they might prioritize that just to get extra silverware. Yeah. But if it's close, you're not going <laughs> to... If you have someone to play for in the Premier League, that's going to take precedent over anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for Champions League. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if you have to make a choice, th- honestly, especially if you're Pep. Even yeah. if I would imagine, even if City gets the league tied up and they're in all these other competitions, they're probably just going to rest everyone and just focus on Champions League. Because if Pep doesn't win that at City, that's going to be a big, you know, rain cloud over his head for a while, maybe. Yeah. Um, not winning Champions League, especially with the squad they have, what he's been able to build is probably the best. You know, some of the best football I've seen in a long time. So I I would be shocked if they don't end up winning Champions League at some point or another. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is the year. You know, they seem to be cruising in the EPL. And, you know, a lot of other teams are struggling with, you know, what have you, COVID or whatever it might be. So I think maybe this is their year. We'll see if they take advantage. I thought last year would be it too. but. <laughs> Or Chelsea spoiled the Man City part. Chelsea got in the way, baby. One, I mean, one granted, goal. granted, if that was the same thing this year with how things are going, they'd probably win that pretty comfortably, but you never know. Hey, watch what you say. Well, I'm, saying, I'm just saying, what's what with if you have, um, uh, oh, if, like if you have, you know, both your outside backs gone and uh, you got what's his face playing wing back. Um, oh my yeah, god. No, Pulisic, yeah. Pulisic oh, playing wing back he's sometimes. playing wing back in the case of uh, Reese James or Chilwell because they're both hurt. Yeah. That's your third option right now. No yeah. bueno. No yeah. bueno. Well, I mean, he doesn't play there now. They have Alonzo and who they put there. Alonzo and Azpilicueta, which I mean, <laughs> I could, I'm not saying I could. I could maybe outrun those two guys. And that's, you guys know, you guys know me. Maybe not um, Alonzo. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he's got longer legs. He's got he's, longer strides. That's what I mean. He's like three feet taller than all of us. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I just like, he'll probably foul me before I even get there. He'll just drag me down <laughs> or something. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hard done by when I saw that Newcastle uh, lost their match in, in FA Cup. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, again, like that's just more money, you know, adding to the team, right? If they would have been able to get forward and and go to the next round, yeah, because um, Newcastle needs all the money they can get, right? Well, no, but I mean, it's still <laughs> it's still something to like push the team forward. To. Yeah. I know, okay, money was not the proper way to say it. It wasn't mo- money motivation, but just learning how to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they Getting got they had their matchup against Cambridge United, which is uh, football. What is it? What league are they in? What are they in? Cambridge United FC. Cool badge that they actually have. Um, Football League One. So that's not the championship. So that's two leagues down from, from yeah. League. Mm-hmm. league One is Premier yeah, League leagues. Championship, League One, League Two, League Three, League Four. Mm-hmm. I believe is how it goes. I mean, the manager's last name is, is almost Boner. So. Bonaire. What does that have to do with anything? I just noticed it. I'm looking at the Wikipedia of Cambridge United FC. Sorry, Joe. It's Mark Bonner. <laughs> I thought I said Boner. Bonet. Um, Bonet. It's French. Um, so yeah, I thought United, I thought Newcastle, sorry, would actually, you know, like I said, the money clearly is not the motivation for Newcastle right now. But I had thought they would maybe win a game here and there. Yeah. Somehow and kind of start a trend going. 
Um, I mean, it didn't take long them for them though to get their get their feet wet in the transfer market. Yeah, uh, getting Kieran Trippier from Atletico Madrid, the former Tottenham man, coming yeah. back to the EPL after his stint in La Liga with Atletico. A pretty successful stint, I would think. You know, I think he won the La Liga title with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a few years ago, and obviously still huge in the in the England squad and the England side, and he played in the Euro Cup. I think he came off the bench mostly though because they had the likes of you know, Trent Alexander Arnold and Reese James played a couple of games. Uh, yep. Kyle Walker, obviously, but he still made his appearances there and for the uh, national side. But that's a huge signing for them. Yeah, and yeah. I think we said before, like looking at Newcastle and how they've how they've done this season. You know, having 42 goals against. I mean, not yeah. really what you want to have happening. And I know Trippier is kind of more of an attacking, you know, wing back player, but he's he's defensively sound. Like he's going to mm-hmm. be back there, probably take control of the of the um, of the defense back there. Uh, being a wing back, his impact, you know, defensively maybe won't be as impactful because he is going to try and get forward a lot too. I think and create. But I think just his his knowing of the game and like the level that he plays at because how many you know national side players do you have playing for Newcastle right now? Yeah, English English national side. You know, like I think yeah. same Maxime might have had a couple of French call ups. Um, you know, John Joe Shelby, he maybe had a couple like ten years ago or something. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but current like you know quote world class or world um, class like caliber players doesn't exist with Newcastle. Yeah. So I think this is kind of the beginning of what they want to do going forward. And this is not going to be the only splash that they make in the January transfer window. The fact that they have done it so early kind of shows, okay, we want to get going, get the ball rolling. It wouldn't surprise me if they made at least two more signings, impactful signings by the, uh, by the end of the month. Yeah. I, I honestly really liked signing from them. I think it's a really good, you know, both defensively and offensively for them. And like you said, just with his experience and where he's played, you know, playing at Atletico, playing at Tottenham before that, um, playing internationally, I think he's going to be able to give a lot to the club. And uh, I think, like you said as well, it's going to show a lot of intent from ownership uh, on what they want to uh, build going forward. So um, clock is taking a little bit for them um, because they do have to start getting results uh, and quickly if they want to get out of relegation battle. So we'll see what other signings they make. You know, I think getting a solid outside back is a really good start. Um, hopefully they can, can bring in uh, someone like Aubameyang, which is who's rumored to be on loan at least uh, to them, mm-hmm. bring in a striker and maybe uh, a center back or someone in the, in the midfield to mm-hmm. shore things up. And I think that could do a lot for them going yeah. forward. I mean, like Andrew said, they do a few more signings and then hopefully Eddie Howe can do something to get them out of relegation because they have like <laughs> they're going to spend all this money in the transfer window get relegated and then have to they're you know, not who, getting who, relegated you know Dude. for sure if Trippier and Aubameyang and they get a few other signings if they go and they still get relegated you definitely know they're not staying yeah that'd be crazy uh, I mean it's tight they're what's the table like right now they're what how many points behind and i know they're, they're one games. they're one win away from being out of relegation that's that's the point i was going to make the bottom four are so bad <laughs> that they're still in it 
even with only having mm. one win on the season. I know, but it's just with Burnley two games in hand, you know, Watford with a game in hand, it's tough. I mean, you would think they can get two wins to get out, but uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I hope they do because that would be, I don't even know what would happen. I know we say it over and over again on the show, but uh, (laughs) Newcastle United getting relegated would destroy. I mean, as long as like the new owners stay and they fight to get at the championship and then hopefully have a decent Premier League season, if they come back up, it'll be okay. But <laughs> banking on them yeah. staying up. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope they do. I mean, I have no, I, mean, I guess to do a little skin in the games. I said I was going to buy a Jersey, <laughs> but um, I, I, I don't know. I have like a little weird soft spot for Newcastle. I don't know why. I don't know if it's from the goal movie. With, yeah, um, that might be it. Santiago Munez. With Santiago Munez, like, you know, 15 years ago, whenever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, obviously, I knew who Newcastle was beforehand. I knew Alan Shearer and, like, the, the history of the team and everything. But um, I don't know. The Magpies, man. Hopefully, they, yeah. they can stay up. I, I, I think, like I said, this is not the only signings they're going to make. Um. I was kind of like thinking at it from like almost like an Arsenal standpoint where they just need like a couple players here and there to make them like a a good team, I, I guess that you want to say. Obviously not the caliber of players that Arsenal want, but it's almost like the same holes have to be filled. Like they need a center back. They need a center midfielder to, you know, like, like Joe said, like shirt up the midfield. Obviously they can spend a lot. Actually, they could probably spend the same amount that Arsenal would spend, but they don't need as impactful as a player. Mm-hmm. Like Arsenal would want to have, like Arsenal can go out and literally buy a world class player from Barcelona, from Real Madrid, from you know Juventus or something, and like put them in the side. You know Newcastle can squeak somebody out from Dortmund or from you know Ajax or something. You know what I mean? Like they don't mm-hmm. have to go for like the biggest home run of all time mm-hmm. to just make their team good enough to stay up because that's all they should be looking at right now. If anyone, if Eddie Howe came in there and said, hey, I'm going to get you guys into the top 10 by the end of the season, good luck. Get the hell out of here. Just get out of relegation. That's like all you yeah. have to do. Like squeak out a couple wins, do what you have to do this season just to like kind of get by and then start fresh next year. Because like we said, Eddie Howe came in almost, a few, like I don't know, maybe two months ago now. So he's only had, you know, a handful of games. Obviously, mm-hmm. COVID related. Also, like some games got postponed from Newcastle and in other sides. So he hasn't had like that long of a tenure there so far, where he's been able to really establish his playing style and what he wants from the team. And he hasn't had the the uh, the players probably to the caliber that he wants to make his team work properly. So if they're just to get out of, like, out of relegation and just have a season to relax and breathe a little bit. I think yeah. next year they'll probably, you know, contend for at least a top 10. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With the likes of, you know, Crystal Palace and Villa and, I mean, Brighton's still up there too. So, I don't know. That's kind of my Newcastle rant. Um, oh, yeah. I do but it once a podcast. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Villa, they made a pretty big signing in uh, January or January window. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Philip uh, Coutinho from Barcelona. Did not uh, didn't, see didn't that think that was actually going to go through. Um, you know, saw some rumors, um, just like anything else, really. But this actually went through, and pretty surprised. Um, but again, you know, wasn't uh, 
getting what he wanted at Barcelona. So I guess he's back in the EPL. Um, little surprise Villa of all teams suit them up. Um, yeah. Obviously they were able to reach an agreement. Uh, mm. But we'll see. I mean, you know, he's played at obviously with that Liverpool and the things he did there and then going to Barcelona. Uh, he's definitely familiar with playing at the highest level possible. So uh, this, you know, isn't a direct replacement for Grealish going to Man City. But, you know, obviously he's going to be able to contribute a lot to uh, to the team. Yeah. I actually read something um, Klopp said. I didn't know this, but I guess Klopp told Coutinho. He's like, you know, you can go to Barcelona, but you're just going to be, be another player there. But if you stay at Liverpool, you're going to be a legend and they'll build, build statues for you. And that's probably true. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, he did leave a long time ago. But I think with the way things are now, like, the attraction of Real Madrid and Barcelona is just not what it used to be. I know even not when ha- when even when Hazard was thinking about going, I'm like, does he really want to go to? And that was kind of when yeah. they're on the downslope. It was like, does he really want to go to Real Madrid right now? You know, it's not. You know, they're not the Galacticos that they once were with you know Roberto Carlos and all those guys. So it's it's not like you're going to a team full of these legends. You know, really no one's there anymore. So a lot of just more development going on than anything. So I know it was a long time ago, like I said, when he went, but if I'm a player, especially, you know, on a top team like Chelsea, Liverpool and city now, you know, that doesn't have the same, you know, crystal ball, you know, sparkling feature that I once did. So, you know, hopefully that kind of nips it in the bud and players don't, you know, players like Coutinho and Hazard don't just leave the EPL to go to some, you know, Spanish team like Real Madrid or Barcelona just for what they used to be and mm-hmm. actually think about their career. Because, you know, same with Hazard. If you stayed at Chelsea, who knows what that would, you know, that what that would be like. Because that's, be, yeah, because that's I'm similar not, to like Salah, Salah right now. You know, he's, yeah. the way Klopp's going now, he's going to make Salah probably a Ballon d'Or winner. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, Hazard could have done the same thing if he stayed, but you know, very unfortunate. <laughs> and I read one thing where it said Coutinho's highlight at Barcelona was going on loan to Bayern Munich and then knocking Barcelona out of Champions League. Yeah, which is very, that. which is very strange. So <laughs> I would have loved to see him stay at Liverpool, but it is what it is now. So hopefully, he can find his feet again at Villa. You know, maybe get reunited with Liverpool at some point. That would be a dream come true. But we'll see. They don't need him. I know they don't need him. Well, I think they, that. I think they, they could use him right well, in the midfield. Like, can use him right now. <laughs> well, I mean, because with Liverpool, we got Henderson right now. Yeah. You have, you yeah, have yeah. Navi Keita, who's obviously good, but um, I would still take Coutinho, especially when he was and, playing. and he's offered now actually on Cup of uh, Cup of Nations too. Yeah, Keita, uh, Mane, Salah, all gone for African Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean that would be you know, quite the full circle if he comes back at Liverpool because mm. he he was making a splash for sure. I mean, goals he yeah. was scoring and the impact he was having. Yeah, I mean, I feel for him. He said he's like, oh, I want to go to Barcelona to win trophies, and then he leaves, and Liverpool is just the one of the biggest contenders for basically any trophy in Europe right now. So, yeah, and it, it's yeah. it's kind of yeah. it's kind of sad to see the demise of Barcelona because a lot of it wasn't even because of the players. It was obviously yeah. like financial reasons and just mismanagement of the club and mm-hmm. shady deals and whatever else was going on in the whole saga of Barcelona the last couple of seasons or last decade or so. Um, I was just reading up on it though with the deal. So it is a loan deal for the end of the season. 
with an option to buy for 33 million pounds. Yeah. If you told me you can get Coutinho for 33 million pounds, that's a, that's a steal, I think. Oh, yeah. Because he's only I mean, 29 years old. Yeah. He can clearly still hang. I mean, like he's not like, it's not like in his, in his couple seasons at Barcelona, he's like lost a step from what he used to be at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to be the same player probably. Um, and he's the kind of guy too who can, he can kind of do everything. He can create, he can play, make, he can score. Um, I mean, for like being a small stature, he can still defend pretty well if he has to. And he's the kind of guy that just makes your team better when you put him in the side. Like not many guys can really do that. They're kind of more like like bit players and they just kind of slide into the team and just kind of solidify. Mm-hmm. You put him in your team and like he makes everyone around you just play better. Yeah. So I think for Aston Villa is a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With the kind of players that they have around them, like because they have a lot of uh, like hard worker, like hardworking players on their side who obviously show like a lot of grit, determination. They defend well. Um, Jared has done pretty well since he's gotten appointed there. So I think, again, like a lot of sides in the Premier League, they just kind of need someone to come into the team and just be like a, a central piece to just kind of yeah. get the whole team flowing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've seen it so many times where there's just such a breakdown in the middle of the field because you have a good player as a striker or a good forward crew and then get decent, you know, uh, defensive core that's like good enough to kind of get by. But then there's just no connection. There's mm-hmm. no link up. You can't go from point A to point B to point C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a player like Coutinho can clearly do that. Yeah. I mean, can you I imagine him. Gets... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, can you imagine him and Thiago center mid for Liverpool? I don't want to <laughs> talk about Liverpool with, with Coutinho. They don't Dude, do that, that would be like the that. best thing ever. Like, can you imagine right now? Like, especially with everything around Liverpool is. Yeah. Awesome, you know Tiago obviously being in midfielder is amazing, but they get another world class player in there. They would be like, could you imagine if Coutinho just goes back and he's like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I left here to make an impact. Just comes and crushes it. That would be the best thing ever. Yeah, sure, it would be, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, Andrew loves hearing. I just did talk want, about how amazing City and to... Liverpool all could be, and then Chelsea's just Chelsea's yeah, just chilling, man. In third. Literally just chilling. Like I don't even know if we have a striker anymore. <laughs> no apologies happened up. with uh, Lukaku and uh, yeah, Lukaku did come and apologize for his silly remarks yeah. that he made. Uh, There's last so week. many memes now. <laughs> I know. I know. Credit. He scored yesterday too, so I don't care. yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think the the situation was uh, was handled pretty well. I mean you know, a lot of those things get rarely blown out of proportion. Uh, but I think Tuchel handled, handled it pretty well. And he, he really proved that no player is bigger than the club. So yeah, even Lukaku, right? Like say something outside a line, like you're getting benched. And now I think everyone's just hugging and all made up. Yeah. I, I guess say he scored yesterday. I was kind of surprised because I saw the lineup or four for the Chelsea game against Chesterfield. And it was, like um, Kepa in net, and then I saw a couple you know, defensive players, a couple new guys on the side, a couple young players, and then it was like it was like Hudson Odoi, uh, Werner, Lukaku. I'm like, okay, they're just gonna kill them up top. Like, <laughs> like they need these guys to score. You know what I mean? Like this is the kind of game, like we said, where they kind of, or a lot of sides will will play youth academy players or young young guys that only have you know ten minutes to their name in, yeah. in appearances for the team. But then this is also the kind of game where 
you have to get your guys going that you need to get going. Yeah. And Werner coming off injury. Uh, he, came, he came off injury from a game against Malmo in Champions League like a couple months ago. And I think he re-aggravated the injury and missed another four games. So he yeah. finally came back, scored uh, in the match yesterday. Easy goal again. Mm-hmm. And then Lukaku also um, came back and scored yesterday too. So just to yeah. get those guys, like kind of you know, get the monkey off their back, they haven't scored in almost like 200 days or something or whatever it is, like 180 games or 180 days because uh, all the time that they've missed. Um, yeah, for them. That's I mean, good. obviously, like you, like I said, it's kind of you don't want to see the scoreline get beat up all the time, but from like a motivation standpoint and from just an overall like team culture, you have to kind of get these guys going when they have to get going because there's some massive games coming up for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they have they City. they finished their run here. They played Tottenham. They destroyed them in the um in the Carabao Cup, EFL Cup, whatever you want to call it. Uh, midweek they beat them this giving us Chesterfield is kind of a cakewalk then they have City again and then they have so they have City this weekend and they have Tottenham again in the Carabao Cup and then Tottenham right after that again in the Premier League so their next three matches are huge um, I think they won 3-0 actually in the Carabao Cup so they can maybe rest some guys if they have to in that mm-hmm. leg of the uh, of the tournament and save up for the Premier League because if we know anything about Tuchel, he really likes to put like the best squad he can forward. He likes to mix his um, mix his system up a little bit sometimes, like fitting players in certain positions with like whoever he whoever he has available. Because like Chelsea has been hurt by injuries this season a lot, mm-hmm. so he'll like you know he'll adjust formations. He'll make it three at the back, five at the back, five in the midfield, whatever it has to be, depending on who he has. But he always tries to make like his best, most solid team that he possibly can. And to have the cushion of a 3-0 victory in leg one of the Carabao Cup against Tottenham, he can maybe afford to rest some guys and then come back strong for EPL. Yeah. Um, in the uh, in the weeks to come. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's really smart that, you know, it does give the top teams an opportunity to get their players and get that confidence boost because, the you know, the worst thing... Uh, as a striker is to just go on a really big dry spell and just, you know, not score week after week. And then just don't, I know it. Yes. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Me too. And then you just need any scrappy goal to just, you know, get yourself going Um, because it it takes a toll on you, right? Like if you, if you can't score, just it's in your head every time you got to go at net. And uh, I think it's good. The fact that they both got on the score sheet, um, good on two goal for, for getting them back in the squad uh it's the medical staff for getting them back you know even though it took quite a while yeah but yeah we'll see uh how it translates uh, to the epl and if they can get some goals uh going forward and hopefully give them a chance to catch city even though i do think it's probably ten done points, at this point i think it's it's 10 points it's i know ten points city might not lose another game <laughs> to be honest and i don't think bold that's bold I mean, no team what, in history has ever year? lost with this uh, lead at Christmas. And I think eight out of the last 10 seasons, I think it was, were the team that was uh, first at Christmas won the yeah. EPL. Yeah. yeah. And they're 10 points ahead at Christmas. And they're crushing it. And Liverpool and Chelsea are, you know, things can change. You know, City, for whatever reason, I know 
what was it, the third or second year Pep was there, they went on that streak where they lost like four games in a row at Christmas or whatever yeah. it was. So uh, yeah, that could that. happen again, but they're, I think they're so deep now and so drilled. I would, they may, might lose one, maybe two more games this season, if mm-hmm. that. So it's going to be very, very tough to catch them. You know, and that's well, assuming Chelsea and Liverpool win out, which is yeah, very tough. What bugs me is just the amount of ties that Chelsea and Liverpool have. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the the losses are the same. It's two losses of I mean between the three of them, but seven draws and six draws for Liverpool. Seven draws for Chelsea, six draws for Liverpool. You would think that'd be City with them not having a striker to eke out that draw to a win, but yeah. it's like City's the one that's <laughs> converting on those. Yeah, and while clearly they don't need the strikers that we thought that they needed. Uh, with the yeah. sale of Ferran Torres to to Barcelona, yeah, it's kind of strange to me how. I mean, I, I talked to this about with a friend uh, to be named later, but we said, "How can Barcelona?" Who. Was a, was a <laughs> Phil? We'll see. <laughs> the man, international man of mystery. Yeah. Um, he messaged me saying, "How can Barcelona be in the debt that they're in?" It's because this is before the Coutinho loan yeah. to to buy deal. And go out and spend what it was for? Oh, was it forty mil or something on Ferran Torres? Fifty three. Where does on this Ferran money come Torres. from? <laughs> on Ferran Torres. I mean, I mean, he's player, good again. Yeah. A good, a good player. Like, granted, but like, mm-hmm. he's not, you know, up there. Yeah. And so really fifty three million yeah. on this player. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that come from? Where is the where is financial fair play? Where is the you know the slap on the wrist that they should be getting for their financial penalties that? They always say that they're going to get, but they never actually get. Mm-hmm. Like you're in, you're in. There, it's it's on paper that they're in debt by millions of dollars. Yeah. How can you spend fifty million on a player? <laughs> yeah. You know, knows, I, mean, man. I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not digging deep into the books of Barcelona every single day, but just from like an optically, uh, like an optic standpoint, like that looks bad. Yeah, like how they're being allowed to do that and how they are doing it. Yeah, and you know, of all players, I mean, maybe Ferran Torres is probably the best option to get a striker uh, up top that who's young and could maybe be the future of Barcelona. Obviously, being a Spanish player. Yeah, no, a so, good good signing, but I just don't get how it, it makes sense. Yeah, like on paper. <laughs> I don't think a lot of things make sense on paper for uh, <laughs> a lot of Premier League teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. or any European teams for that matter. Anybody, any, everyone's got their hand in someone's pocket, man. Everyone's got something going on with somebody else behind some other door. You know, you know how it is. Well, I mean, nonetheless, deal went through. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that City kind of proven everyone wrong that they uh, really don't need a striker because uh, they don't uh, they don't really have a striker that they're playing consistently as a striker. You know, Jesus was uh, for most of his career up until this season when he started playing on the wing um, was a striker, but you know, now they just got a rotating false nine and can't really say it's not working for them. I mean, they have, uh, I don't know how many different goal scores. I think it's uh, nine or 10 that are in double figures for goals on the season. So you don't have people, uh, you know, getting those 20, 25 goals a season, but everyone on your team is scoring, you know, quite a few goals, which I personally think is a more dangerous tactic than having obviously a star player that you can just shut down. Right. 
No, I agree. I mean, we, we've we've talked to death about it with how they maybe should bring somebody in, but do they really need somebody? They keep winning, so like, just shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do they really need a striker? And you know, <laughs> probably it's probably going to get to the end of the season. It's going to go like this. They're not going to have a striker, and then they're going to everyone's going to say like, oh, like looks like you don't need a striker. Yeah, I I see this deal being more as um, maybe from Farron Torres' camp. Uh, like with his agent saying, okay, like you're clearly not playing mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, let's let's try and shop around a little bit and see what we can get. Uh, I don't know what like what his contract is going to be. I don't think he really cares because like player his young. We said it before. When you're in your early 20s or you're kind of beginning to establish yourself as a professional footballer, you just want to play. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like this guy. It's not like Torres is going to. I don't know. Osasuna or something or like some lower end side in in the league. Like he's going to Barcelona or Frozenone in Italy. Hey, hey, that's where I'm from. <laughs> that's my town. Yeah, um, yeah. He's not going to Frozenone in Syria B. You know, he's going to Barcelona of all teams. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's gonna he's gonna fit in well there. Clearly, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, being Spanish, being like going going back home technically. Um. So yeah, I think he'll I think he'll do well there. I think it's an immediate transfer too. Like, I think like, he's packing his bags and he's he's leaving yeah. right now. He might already be gone. Um, I just read Coutinho is going to show up to Villa. I think within forty eight hours. Okay. Uh, if he's not if he's not already there, so he'll be ready to go. He won't. He probably won't play tomorrow against Man United. I think that's way yeah, too I'd, soon. I'd assume not. So whatever their next uh, Premier League match is, um. see here Where's i'm curious on the reception coutinho is going to get makes his way back to uh liverpool when he's on villa probably good <laughs> uh, we... i wouldn't see why it wouldn't be a good a good reception i mean he left um, like for money basically and trophies yeah you know, but like, he was but also like, it's not like he when you see like I play like Jack Grealish, like if Grealish leaves West, if Grealish leaves Villa and comes back from as a City player, he'll get booed, mm-hmm. most likely. And he has, <laughs> and he has. Yeah, Coutinho was a player among other world class players at Liverpool. It wasn't like he was the guy. You know, it yeah. wasn't like he yeah. was like the best player they've ever had, and he left for money. Like he was, yeah, a great player, but he's also a player among other great players who just who made a great team. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was like the only piece of their squad and it's like they left and then now like they're they suck. Yeah. Um that's let us know in the comment section. <laughs> think Katina's gonna get booed or cheer when he goes I back. I think yeah. it's gonna be good. I think, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be good. Yeah. He's gonna walk on the field, just whistles for days. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like whoa. Um, Villa's yeah. uh, Villa's first game is actually against United, anyways, in the Premier League. So they I play. Think I think they get booed there. Probably. <laughs> Who wouldn't get booed at Old Trafford? Liverpool to any sort of tie to Liverpool. Oh, it's actually it's at Villa Park. It's at Villa Park. Okay. Uh, the game. So they play. Uh, the games tomorrow actually, for the FA Cup between United and Villa, and then they play on Saturday, in the Premier League. Um, which we hear will most likely would make a debut on on the Saturday fixture mm-hmm. um, at home to United, and then let's just see when they actually do play. 
Liverpool. If they haven't already played them twice this season. Uh, quickly. I don't think they have. Yeah, it's kind of early to play twice already. Um, well, maybe they have because I know Steven Gerrard got the reception. That was pretty cool. Was okay, Villa Liverpool, April 16th. There you go. Okay. It's, at Villa, it's at Villa Park anyway. So, yeah, they already did play back at Liverpool. That's right. They played at Anfield. Gerrard got his uh, his moment. Yeah. Um, which is that's crazy. I still get chills when I see that. Yeah, yeah. like your your legend, the legend of Liverpool. So crazy, man. No, it's no, it's super crazy though. Like even more crazy. Lampard went to Man City. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then scored against Chelsea in the 90th minute to win yeah. the game. Yep. <laughs> Like, like, I, like, it's like a forgotten year, forgotten year in Lampard's career. Like, Just, you can't, you can't script that any crazier than yeah. what it was. I, <laughs> I, I like how I am right now is like how I was watching the game. I was like, how, <laughs> like Frank Lampard. What <laughs> at Stamford Bridge? <laughs> like, oh my God! That's I, I can't, I can't, I can't. For anyone who who doesn't know how that happened, so obviously Lampard was on Chelsea uh, and then uh, was going to the EPL on, uh, you know, kind of MLS career or MLS, sorry. That's um, right. uh, Went to New York. Um, Now, New York is also owned by the same owners as Manchester City. So, one, Frank Lampard was made his move to New York. Um, obviously, the MLS has a different um, calendar than the EPL. So, he made his move to New York, uh, but New York wasn't playing. So, he was still technically under the ownership of whoever owns both clubs. So, the ownership put him on Manchester City for a little stint. And then, <laughs> during that time, played against Chelsea to score a winning goal. Which, I remember I went on this city's website and I just saw like uh, Lampard with a city jersey. I'm like, wait, I'm looking what? at it right now. Like, that's it's a, gross. I didn't hear. I didn't hear any news, like on whatever any transfer news. And I just go on city's website for whatever reason. It's like, why is Lampard just chilling with a city jersey? Yeah, it's it's not as bad, but it's so bad. He tied the match. He didn't win the match. He tied the match, but I believe it was like. Yeah, like the 89th minute or something. Oh, it's, amazing! You just don't want, you just don't see that happening. You don't see that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a thing. It's like seeing Ronaldo in a Man City jersey or something. Like what almost, almost happened. happened? Well, allegedly almost happened. Could have allegedly been just like happened. the far. Could have been the like, farthest thing that was gonna happen just to get Man United. Like act Thierry, Thierry Henry in like a Tottenham jersey, or. Yeah, Del Piero, Del Piero in in Milan or something in the red and black, like you just don't do that, man. Yeah, same. It's blue, different shade, but it's blue. Yeah, blue for life. <laughs> but God, dang, that was gross. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I still can't believe that. I, I mean, I, just, I, I, I easily could just click on the highlight. It's like a thirty second highlight. And I, like I said, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't watch this. I'm gonna watch it right now, actually. No. <sighs> Don't don't react to it. I'm gonna cry. Oh, it's terrible. Um, it's crazy. But it is crazy. Sometimes that's how the transfers go. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't even know if that's like legit, like legal to do. 
Like you own two teams, so you can just like play for whatever team you want. Like, how does that make sense? Like having an A team and a B team. Like, I, yeah. I have, like yeah. what? I don't like that. Um, I know Santo breaks my heart right now. Uh, we have a chance to look at either the Premier League player power rankings, which is a top twenty list, I believe it is. Um. This is put together by Joe Prince Wright from NBC Sports. Uh, yeah, it's a top 20 list of players um, throughout the season. Uh, up to date of this as of this week. Or we have a mid-season um, grading list of every single team. You know, an A, B, B+, D, F for some teams. Um, so what, what do we want to go through here? What, what do you want to look at? Well, I I was pretty intrigued by just how many city players were on the player power rankings. Of course, you were. Well, no, because I was like, City have uh, six, and then I think uh, Liverpool uh, had four, and I think Arsenal had four as well. Um, there weren't a whole lot of players from teams that were outside of the big teams, obviously. Um, was a little surprised to see Cancelo at the top over Bernardo Silva. I think Bernardo Silva's been City's player. I agree. Uh, even given that Cancelo's played really, really good, but it was just a little surprised to see him at the top. I mean, the biggest thing that I see is John McGinn with Aston Villa in the number three spot. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I don't know if this is I to like relative performance for the team. That's what I. That's what I mean. I don't know if it's like, oh, for week eighteen, this is my power ranking, or if it's the power ranking from every single, you know, all the weeks combined, and then it's like your progress up until that point. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how um, Joe Prince Wright uh, does his ranking list here. If it's just like, yeah, like these are the top twenty guys of this week, or if it's the top twenty guys accumulative weeks up until this point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would think it's just kind of relative based on, you know, team you're on and how you're performing. Maybe, um, yeah. I've always kind of been just, you know, taking all the power rankings of the Grand Assault, even when we were kids and we had the the Ontario power rankings. We're like, oh, yeah, our team's like fifth oh in Ontario. I fifth love in Ontario. Those, those yeah. are so funny. Yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> That's also based on, like, who you play. And like what league you're into. I think the I highest think, most city guy was eighth. That's cool. We never cracked. We won. Yeah, two. You guys... we won tier two. Uh mm-hmm. Ontario Cup and we never cracked like the top twenty. Yeah. For whatever reason. Out of like hundreds of teams, which is still nothing to slouch at, you know, a top twenty five team. Mm-hmm. Um at what, like fourteen years old, fifteen years old. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's the biggest deal in the world to you when you're at that age. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, we never cracked top 25. I still, no, read I, th- them letter- I still read them letters to this day. Yeah. But no, I think, you know, based on just in general, I think most importantly, I think just top two are correct in terms of, you know, who the top players. I think Bernardo Silva is probably going to win player of uh, player of the year for the EPL. Uh, personally, uh, just with how he's been able to perform, mm-hmm. so that's probably going to him. Yeah, 
I remember when there was that rumor about him going to Milan. I was like, no, <laughs> that was breaking my heart. I thought that was the yeah. worst idea ever. Yeah, no, he's really go. solidified himself, eh? Yeah, he's like the best player on like the best team, <laughs> mm-hmm. making the best contributions. Yeah, so, I'm. I'm. Know. I think the so I mentioned John again being number three for Aston Villa. That's kind of a surprise. Sorry, it's kind of a surprise for like a, my highest ranking, I think. But from the low end, I find it kind of offensive that Harry Kane's even on this list. Yeah, what he scored two goals. Well, but how <laughs> far? Goals. How far has he, is he up? Uh, he's number sixteen. New entry. Sixteen yeah, new, new, new entry. So they so probably yeah. recently put him in there just because of how he's been forming as of late. He still hasn't scored. Yeah. Or maybe he did. I think he actually did score. He's, he's scored. Uh, just but maybe. Still. It's been a rough road to this point for sure. Like having having Son being at thirteenth, only three places ahead of Harry Kane. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to say the word disrespectful, slap in the face, but like a, he he should be higher than that. Like I would see like Kane maybe being like as number twenty if he is going to be on the list, mm-hmm. and then give Son that separation between him and Kane because he's been just above and beyond for almost a season and a half now, dating mm-hmm. back to the end of last year and how it kind of panned out. I'm not saying Tottenham is is Son's team. I'm not saying that he is, you know, like the the golden boy of the team because it's still always going to be Harry Kane no matter what, as long as long as he's there. But as far as impact and performance goes, he's been the best player on the team. Yeah. For the last, I don't know, 15, 16 months of of play. Yeah. And I mean, to have Kane even on this list, yeah, maybe he scored last match, so that gave him a, a boost in in this guy's list, but I mean, that, that was surprising to me big time. Yeah. Because Tottenham's like, they're sitting sixth place. Like they're not even close to really, I mean, they're close to Arsenal and West Ham because that's just like how the league is kind of panning out this year. That the top three kind of ran away a little bit. They get in the season. But other than that, they're a very like good team, but they're not, you know, a surprisingly great team this year where they're like overachieving and everything like that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They've been better that since Conte's been there. I'll, I'll give them that, but um, I don't think Kane has been the impactful reason why. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, again, that's that's why I tend to not really like power rankings. A lot of it's just based on yeah. like immediate yeah. form, and you know, a lot of times, you know, someone's name does take precedent. Um, over maybe their actual performance. So I've never really been the biggest fan um, aside from if you're like top two or three, uh, just because it is like really relative. And I guess like what really uh, constitutes a, you know, impact mm-hmm. on the team. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, Conte's not even on this list. <laughs> well, he, he hasn't yeah. played that much to be honest. He's I mean, been hurt. He's been out hurt, and he's also been. Uh, he's dealt with COVID actually too. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, like, yeah, like his his <laughs> he, him as a player is great. Yeah, like we all we all know that. Even Kevin, even having De Bruyne on this list is kind of surprising because he's also hasn't played as much lately. Yeah, he's hardly played. Yeah. I mean, that's the one actually we were talking about earlier with COVID. Like, he's I guess has still been struggling with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. just for my first guy, he's like, yeah, like I run and I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, 
But uh, yeah, I I'm actually more intrigued by these um, team rankings. Okay, we can, we can hit at. that too. If you guys want to see this, we'll put it in the show notes for um, on the YouTube page. Um, Footy Fans Podcast on YouTube. It's from NBC Sports. Uh, this article is also made by Joe Prince Wright. So the previous article was called uh, Premier League Power Rankings for this week. And then this is mid-season grades for every Premier League team. Um, mm-hmm. it, goes al- it goes by alphabetical order. So we can't just kind of see like what the best teams are to the worst. But Joe, where do you want to lead off though with this? Um, you know, I'm looking at Arsenal B+. That makes sense. Brentford A, that makes sense. You know, I'm looking at these. I'm a little surprised. So Chelsea's a B, Liverpool's a B, and Man City's an A minus. So I'm just looking at those. What you want to be? You want Man City to be an A plus? What? You want Man City to be an A plus? I mean, if this is going <laughs> on current form, like I would say at least an A. I mean, maybe their whole season so far is an A minus, just because the. I mean, really, it's just two dies and two losses, which is you know, you know, one of their better runs, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say at least an A. I'm just looking. <laughs> Newcastle's an F. Yeah, they're an F. Yeah, I mean, I think just because the uh, the whole oh, we got bought by this massive ownership and we're just tanking right now. <laughs> this this article was made on the same day Trippier was signed. By the way, I'll just say that. So it might have been a little early. Yeah. Um, in the day, but. Trippier not signed yet by by Newcastle. I'm not saying he's gonna be the saving grace of the team, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's gonna be he's gonna be impactful going forward. I believe. I would honestly agree with almost all these. Uh, yeah, no, they're pretty. They actually are pretty decent. Like, there's nothing that I can really fight at. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe Aston Villa, maybe a little bit higher, but yeah, giving Villa a C is kind of tough. I mean, especially now they're <laughs> Gerard's crushing it, Stevie G. But. Uh, no, I mean, I'm always skeptical about these things. Like, you're <laughs> you're only as good as your last, like, four or five games. <laughs> no no team is immune. You know, we're saying all this so great stuff about City. They lose three games in a row. They're like, what is happening at City? Like, it's Guardiola. Oh, yeah. lost fire, fire pep. And, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, man. It just takes literally three weeks and, like, just dumpster fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole narrative changes. Um, I mean, like we said, not too long ago, so, like, oh, three – Three horse race, all this stuff, and now it's like, oh, it's actually like a yeah. one horse race, and it's not even close. Yeah, so, we were saying I was going to come down to like match week thirty six. Yeah, how... it's going to come down to the wire. It's like, well, it's actually done, and it's Christmas. So, yeah, mm. which we do see. We, I mean, you're Joe. You're you're kind of like you're good for saying that because you mentioned how Christmas is really when the teams kind of shuffle out and like really yeah. show their cards of like who they are, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much said and done by by the new year yeah um with city going ahead by 10 points on chelsea five straight wins uh chelsea having one win and four draws in their last five obviously does not help um again man if you just turn those four draws into wins and you're you're right there for chelsea's mm-hmm. standpoint which is so disappointing mm-hmm. um yeah looking at this list though um i mean giving manchester united a d minus not harsh at all from my standpoint, no. no, just like with the caliber of players that they have, um, and I know we kind of gave Ole a bad a bad run for a little bit when he was getting sacked and all that, but 
even that being said, you have to look at it as the players that they had weren't like bad players. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like there has to be a point where you as a player can should just be able to perform well enough to get the wins that you're supposed to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And clearly we were saying how the, the the strategy, the structure, the formations that Ole was putting together weren't working for United. But like you have these they're, they're world class players on your team. There's not a one player on that team that's not made a nationals uh side. You know, yeah. that's not uh, has been that hasn't been like a starter for the national team that hasn't been you know on you know cup winning teams you know what i mean like there's there's players there that have won before know how to win so for them getting a d minus i think it's pretty accurate because it was just in a complete failure of everything basically yeah. for the club and in their portrait to the season yeah yeah i would agree it's probably a fair assessment of what's going on i wouldn't give them an f to be honest I would go as low as giving them an F. Yeah. Sitting, sorry, sitting in seventh place and like what they kind of did in the offseason and the and the hype that they had going forward this year. Mm-hmm. They're 22 points off of Man City. Yeah. Of their, of their, cross, their cross city rivals, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last place you want to be if you're a Man U fan that far behind your <laughs> local yeah. rivals. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about here, boys? Before we get, before we head off? No, I think I think we're good. I think we're good. Good. All right. I don't know how long this went for. Hour and a half, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, hour and a half. Um, just want to thank everyone for joining us. We are the Footy Fans Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, this video will be on YouTube as well, and the audio version will be on any kind of podcast uh, platform that you guys can get just search footy fans podcast Uh, i want to thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch up next week after all of the week's action see everyone see everyone ciao